listening to a brand new episode of Threes from the Ring Podcast. Of course, it's your boy Chris J. Back again. Got my uh, boy Trust Sav on here. Yep. And just like we start every episode, uh, we state who, what NBA player wore the number 63, uh, if there were any. And since we're in the 60s, it's been really rough. So the last person to wear 63 in the NBA, and the only person, is some dude who played on the Boston Celtics in 2016, Cody Clark. Never heard of him. I never did either. Uh, he actually has a picture on Basketball Reference, so that's a positive. Uh, he played three games and averaged two points for his career. So what position he played? He was a small forward. Yeah, that's unfortunate, but yeah, be that way sometimes. But before we get into uh football, I mean not football, basketball. I just want to give a quick public service announcement. It's forever fuck twelve. It's forever fuck Green Bay. Shout out to uh San Francisco Forty Niners. Shout out to Maga Bosa for doing your thing, and shout out to Richard Sherman Sherman for doing your thing as well for picking off Aaron Rodgers at the end of the game. God works in mysterious ways, and I appreciate God the way he worked. But uh, I just pray for Patrick Mahomes because Nick Bosa does not like black people. And Patrick Mahomes is half black. And uh, we'll have a fun Super Bowl. I'm going to say that. It's going to be a very fun Super Bowl. I did not see the 49ers being in a Super Bowl again in my lifetime. So, hey. Yeah, where you coming from? Or the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs was no, definitely they got Mahomes is well is going to force the Super Bowl eventually. So inconsistency. Chicago bit. Oh yeah, they didn't drop. Look, man, we're we're going to leave positivity on this podcast in terms of football because we don't talk about it enough, and well, not enough, but we don't talk about it much. And this is one of those times we're going to let it be positive because we're not going to talk about. That team of Chicago that I adore and hate at the same time. Be that way sometimes. Three quarterbacks in a playoff Chicago pass as a quarterback. Look, man. It's whatever. Carolina Panthers release Cam Newton from his contract and just make my life easy. But let's go ahead and uh, that's before we even go into basketball, let's just knock out UFC first. Uh, since Conor McGregor had his big return fight uh, last night. Uh, I'll let you lead that discussion. Oh, yeah, so look, Conor McGregor had, Wait, let me start off by saying this. For anybody who thought that fight was fake, you'll be, be on my Black Otakus episode next week with Clown of the Week, because, bro, why on earth would that fight be fake? Like, Cowboy is so war-beaten that, yes, a kick to the head will hurt and stun that guy, G. Like, and, and plus, God darn... Got, he got hit with the shoulder wing like six times in the whole entire fight. So, of course, he was going to be mangled. I don't know how strong is, um, how strong, uh, what's that boy, uh, Conor McGregor's shoulder is, but it looked like, it, it looked like it hurt him. So, no, it wasn't. Did he go down fast? Yes, because when your chin is that weak from as many as fights as Cowboy has had, which is the record in the UFC, you're mm. not going to be able to take punches from one of the strongest freaking um fighters, one of the strongest hand fighters in that division. And so, 
it's like, like it was just a legit cloud thing. But uh, that event was mid, other than the Connor stuff. Even with the Connor stuff, because Connor knocked him out. It wasn't like a, a testy fight, like because uh, people thought Connor was going to have a ring rust and stuff like that. So it wasn't like a, a fight in which you it was great and determination getting thrown all over the place. It was just a fight. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, for me, uh, the rest of it, like Holly Holmes had a stinker um, and everybody else kind of like got submitted. So um, it was all right. Um, but looking back on the event, was it worth the amount of money that they were trying to pay for it? No. It could have been a fight night for all I care. Um, and Hopefully that this is not true because they needed to stack that card with something else other than that to make people buy. Even though I'm pretty sure it did really, really well because Connor sell more tickets than Goddard and, and anybody. Mm-hmm. And um, so it did what it had to do. But the fights, every other fight but the Connor fight, I guess unless you're like a hardcore uh, MMA fan, then you loved it. If you're like a hardcore fan. Um but if you're like a casual or if you're at the meet here, I know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm watching, but I kind of want to see a fighting, uh, exciting fight. It's kind of like Kobe Covington, Kamara Usman. Then, like, I, I, like, um, I, I, I just didn't, you know, I didn't care for the event. But um, other than that, uh, the atmosphere was good, I say, for Conor. Um, Connor winning, like I said on Twitter, uh, Connor winning is a big win for the UFC because one, he don't have to quit and go to WWE, which I'm probably, I'm pretty sure was Plan B. And uh, if you would have lost this fight, then Lucifer as a cowboy. Uh, but like Connor winning is so good for the UFC because it generates more talk. It generates, you know, more. Um, buzz and noise around him and that's what's up i mean around the company because more people more casuals going to come to see connor um it might end in a matter of six or seven months or eight um because i think it be fights in april so it probably you probably say like 10 months because could be fights in april that's gonna be a tough fight against tony ferguson um when Khabib eventually beats Tony Ferguson, which will happen, uh, he's gonna uh, he's probably gonna fight Connor again, and he's gonna ball Connor. Just just it's gonna be a better fight than the last one. Connor can't handle Khabib. Khabib is, he's like top five all the time. Um, and I I will say this though, I know Dana said Khabib is the fight to make. And I don't know if Dana looking at like, yo, we want to make as much money as we can as fast as we can, which can happen because they all have other stars that are making. Uh, like Israel Adesanya, like could be like other people in other divisions. But um, I just say you wait on it. You go, you have some go against Masvidal, and then you do a Nate Diaz trilogy, and then you have Connor go for the belt. Um, and then you you kind of retires. <laughs> I don't know, but if that's the if 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 that's how it's gonna go, mm-hmm. I think that's how it should go. And if it goes that way, that's just money everywhere. I do not see him fighting Kamaru Usman. Uh, I just don't see that. Um, 
I see if uh, if Connor don't fight uh, what's his face next. I see Kamar Usman fighting um, Masvidal, and that's going to be another money fight. It won't be a lot of crap talking because Kamar Usman boring in a, in, a, in a humble way, but um, it's going to be money because Kamar Usman is one of them niggas, and uh, that boy uh, Masvidal is at one of his his best strides ever. So, um, yeah, but all in all, it was a mid-event. I was looking really forward to it. Shout out to ESPN for um, uh, hitting me with that LeBron James, Jason Terry type dunk because I thought I was about to watch that fight. Mm. From their website, I still watched the fight, though, um, and I didn't. But, um, yeah, uh, they were packing, packing me in. All right. I really don't have much to add to that. Um, you hit everything that I feel like was necessary. So let's go ahead and get into the NBA. Uh, let's just go into some more recent things. Uh, James Harden. Well, I wouldn't even talk about it. Let's start off with the Lakers versus the Rockets last night. Uh, they played each other, which was a big game. Uh, it's the start of the primetime uh, Saturday night games on ABC. So pretty much we're getting basketball day near a lot now since football season is coming to an end my favorite point of the year but we had the Rockets versus Lakers and I will say it started off the Lakers did what they always I wouldn't say always but they do a lot they have these weird slow starts and then out of nowhere at some point during between the second or third quarter they just slapped the living shit out of you and at that point now you gotta now you gotta pray God has mercy on your soul and AD didn't play that game. Uh, shout to Westbrook. He had a really solid game. Like, I'm not mad at Westbrook at all. Westbrook did the best he could, and he played a really good uh, basketball game. Um, but a lot, it, I will put a lot of the L on Harden. It, and he's been playing like a pack of mid more than usual lately. Uh, and, of course, LeBron had a really good game. But uh, KCP had a really good game. He had 20 points. Kuzma had one of the better games he had this season in terms of just, I would say it was a mature type game he had where he, even though his jump shot wasn't falling, he did not let it stop him from being active in offense. And it showed uh, if you actually watched the game. Uh, but, yeah, but overall, the Lakers did what they had to do. They came back, won the game, and pr- – and literally did not disappoint at all. Like so, I sh- shout out to the Lakers for what they did in that game. But the, I would say it was more the fact that the Rock, no, the Lakers did also a good job double teaming Harden and yeah. making him get rid of the ball. And with that being said, I wouldn't say it's the key strategy to stopping Harden because he's really good at at splitting double teams. But it's not. It was more like the Lakers is good enough defensively. Whereas, like, we can double him and challenge everybody else on the court to stop us. And I like the strategy altogether. Will it probably work in a playoff-type series? I don't know. Harden's kind of smart. He'll eventually find a way. But uh, yeah, You just said Harden and smart in playoff series in the same sentence. You're very right. I'll take that back. He probably <laughs> would just have come to the double team. But... I feel like that strategy worked for a team like the Lakers 
maybe even the Rockets to ex- I mean, not the Rockets. I mean, the Clippers as well to an extent too, where you can get away with doubling hard and, and making uh, Westbrook beat you. You know, that's necessarily not a bad thing, but more like the others beat you besides Westbrook. So, but I like what the Lakers did. I, that was a very smart adjustment on Frank Vogel's behalf, and I feel like we need to kind of start considering putting Frank Vogel in Coach of the Year conversation. Like he's been a very good coach and just making his team play defense and like even though like sometimes his rotations be a little bit questionable, overall he's been really good in terms of just getting his team together when they're down and making good smart comebacks. But I'll let you go ahead and talk before I we dwell any further. Uh for me, um, I agree with you. Even though I would say second, I mean, Harden is the second reason they lost this game. I said the first reason is Mike D'Antoni and the horrible schemes that he ran. He got out-coached by Frank Vogel in every step of the way. Um, at one point in the game when he took, um, uh, what's his name out? Uh, overrated defender, buddy. Um, P.J. Tucker. Yeah, he took P.J. Tucker out. And when they did that, Frank Vogel was like, okay, that was – I mean, they didn't take P.J. Tucker out. They had P.J. Tucker at the five. And Frank Vogel was like, okay, that's dumb. I take Dwight Howard out and just put Braun at the five. And they just just beat it him on pick and rolls because P.J. Tucker is, is very extremely overrated as a defender. He could not stop that. And that's when things just got really, really wild, I believe. Um, and he couldn't do anything about it because Mike D'Antoni's offense is really, really bad. Especially when it comes to, like, freaking if Harden is not hot, coming back from a deficit. Because you rely on hitting big shots. And if Westbrook, the hot one in that in that, in that that moment, you're not going to hit those big shots. So it's, it's really, really a situation in which Westbrook probably won't be on that team next year. Um, he'll probably be which is unfortunate. Which is unfortunate because it's going to look bad on Westbrook probably because it's going to be like, a sense of Westbrook wasn't no help because this team was going to get booted in the second round if they make it there. Um, and uh, um, it's going to suck. Uh, probably you can get a haul back for them. I honestly think if they don't fire Dan Tony, well, he's not coming back either way. Like I mentioned countless times on the pod, like he's in his final year of this contract, so he's not probably coming back because they haven't even extended him. Yeah, so I'm I don't see why he's inspired. I, I guess because you don't want to look for a coach. Yeah, but like, like he's. I don't see why you kept him, even when you know they did lose. And I mean, when the Warriors was waxing them, and I guess you could say just because oh, it's the Warriors, they waxed everybody. But when you was when you was number one team in in the West, and KD was out, that was your moment. It was. It definitely was. And they did nothing about it, so I don't know. Um, me personally, uh, I don't care what happens with the Rockets. Uh, uh, I, I, uh, I'm not the biggest fan. Anybody on the Rockets? Probably my favorite player would be hard. It's not like default, but um, the team. You spend too much money on certain players. You you 
It's like you didn't get rid of the problem. You got pressured into getting rid of a great player and, and freaking Chris Paul. Because he didn't so get why? along with Harden. <laughs> and then you got to figure out why he didn't work well with Harden. Because it wasn't like it was Chris Paul losing them games in the playoffs. It wasn't basketball. It was legit. They just didn't like each other. It did. Like, why? Like, that's so weird. I understand why people don't like Chris Paul, Chris Paul on the court. But, like. It's just one of those pride, male pride things. And we'll get it probably three, four, five, ten years from now when the 30 for 30 drops. What's the 30, 30 for 30, Houston? We have a problem. Yep. Yep. Be that way. But but yeah, the Rockets is in such a strange situation right now. Uh it's super weird. Harden's playing some playing very mid basketball. Like if you just look at the like just points, you'll think, Oh, ain't nothing wrong with him. But if you look at like he's just playing really bad. He's not even getting to the free throw line like that. Also, shout to those referees, because uh, in that second half, they legit said, all right, uh, some of them fouls that we were calling, yeah, we're going to stop that. Sorry. Forgive us. Uh, which really knocked Harden out of his rhythm even more. But Harden just hasn't been really playing good basketball lately on top of the, on top of just literally just not helping the team. And Westbrook has stepped up in the process but it further shows that the team runs off Harden's success more than anything else, and it's really unfortunate because you can look at you could go back and hate to use the Lakers here, but if when LeBron and AD if one of them have a bad game, more than likely one of them is going to step up, and you still have hopes to win. It been preferably if LeBron's having a bad game, more than likely AD is gonna have a good game to balance things out. With the Rockets, it's like if Harden has a bad game, we're probably going to lose, despite Westbrook stepping up to try to cover his end. Because outside of them two, they don't have no legit score besides Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon is, is looking more and more like freaking he sold checks out here. He's still in checks. And it's, it's bogus as hell. It's really bogus how, like, even though they still are, what, top, what what, what are they at right now? They're the top five now, right? Let's see. Let me double check. Jazz got a better Nuggets, the Clippers got a better record. Yeah, they six in the uh, West, but literally, like, how close the West is between six and the fourth seed, you can win two games, and another, another team can win, lose two, and you can be fourth seed, so... But the purpose of it all is what I'm trying to share here. It's just not the same old Rockets where it's just like, oh, yeah, they they should get it together. It's like, no, like I just this roster just isn't it. And it's really unfortunate. It's really unfortunate more. And I feel more for Westbrook because he is playing. He's starting to get accustomed. He isn't like he still has his Westbrook type games where you just like, yo, nigga stop shooting but he's looking comfortable in a system 
in his role in the system, but Harden is not, Harden decides to have his little slump at the wrong time. Yeah, it's honestly, I'm happy for Westbrook too. Uh, I don't know. I'm not gonna be that. I'm not gonna be that guy to say, "Do you just get rid of him now to see if you get a haul back from somebody?" Like, say for instance, you throw Westbrook, like you do a trade with um. Okay, hear me out and tell me if I'm tweaking. You do a trade with. Uh, Denver for Jamal Murray and like some bench pieces for Westbrook and then probably like freaking Daniel House and I think everybody comes out better because um, you got a legit star with Jotic and then you got um, you got Westbrook on the team and you could probably no. Okay. <laughs> what? Okay. The reason why I get I get it, but the reason why it's a no for me, if I'm the moment, like yes, Westbrook is an upgrade from Jamal Murray, and it's not, and it's a very, it's a very great upgrade, honestly. But the reason why, if I'm the Nuggets, I'm the number two seed, and we're playing really good basketball right now. Our guy, our rookie who we finessed from at the end of the lottery last year is playing really great basketball right now. And he might step into the position where we need him to be, which is our hopefully to be our primary score. You bring in Westbrook, you're changing a lot of dynamics of the team and kind of rushing stuff more than you need to rush it. And also in a way Westbrook and Jokic kind of play the exact same kind of basketball in terms of skill sets. Just Jokic has a, has a post scoring able to score in the post. So it's like then, you're taking away a lot of Jokic's. The only other team you could think of is Miami. And you it, just put Miami's in a stride too. Thing is, and yeah, Miami is like, why make a move now? Especially if we feel like. I wouldn't make a move for Westbrook now. If you like, I would, that would be like, let's just see how the young guys play in the playoffs. We don't believe we're going to make it to the finals anyway. And if we get Westbrook it's like, a, we're hitting a, yeah, we're making the playoffs, but it's like things change now because you got to, you, now you have a legit point guard. If you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So but it's, it's, you, it, it but makes I'm not sense. necessarily looking at, I think, I think you dangle Westbrook name into any contender and they were like, sure, unless they're just straight in that position. Because you're looking at it in this situation of it's going to help both teams. Like, taking away, other than you, you taking away Drogic from Miami is not going to hurt Miami if you're replacing him with Westbrook. Drogic don't start. That's the thing. He comes off the bench. Yeah, but, but you have nothing. You're getting rid of probably. You you're gonna have to lose Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero. You take Drogic. Drogic got a decent Con- contract. Gee, he has a max contract. You keep forgetting the money. The money. <laughs> it's not as big as Westbrook. 
gee, Westbrook has $40 million. You're going to have to get rid of half your roster. Drogic only covers probably like barely a fourth. And that's what I'm saying. You're not just out saying you got you, – you of course you're going to do more to, to, to cover the Westbrook portion, but it's it's it's, necessary, it's not going to hurt you losing Drogic. Drogic is, is a fantastic player. But you're but also losing – you're missing the point. You may you're have to lose Kendrick Nunn, Nunn not and Tyler Hero. Hero. You're not losing Tyler Hero either. Yes, you have to. If I'm the Rockets, if you don't give me neither, if you don't give me one of the two, I'm hanging up it's, the fucking but phone. It's not about, but because the Rockets situation is not about matching star power with star power or matching player with player. And this situation is you matching a team that can mesh with Harden. Because it's it, it, it's it, that's really what it's all about. And this aspect, it's not about. It, it's not going to be about. Um, oh, we want. A big haul, but no, you want probably like a pick, and then players that it need be. If Harden's getting triple team, I can pass through and it can knock down a shot. You don't need you don't need like freaking star caliber players to play with him. It's you're not, not the fact it's star that. caliber. You're missing the point. You believe that Kendrick Nunn, who can who's a walking bucket, Tyler Hero, who's a walking bucket, can help your team. Because if I'm the if if you if you're the Heat. And yeah, you could just offer Drogic is gonna be part of the deal regardless. If what if? What if? But James Johnson isn't helping my team. Kelly Olidick is helping my team. Duncan Robinson literally just shoots. And if you give me Deion Waiters, he's gonna fuck up the team more. You need the Rockets doesn't bro. Harden Harden the amount of shots he takes and and the amount of goddamn attention he has. He makes up for about three players. So all you necessarily freaking need is people who can shoot when they need you to shoot and stand in front of a person that can guard, Joe. You don't need another bucket getter, dog. Because it's not working. Because Harden is a bucket. I mean, because Westbrook is technically a scorer. But you're taking away. This You're missing the point. Okay, yeah. But Harden's already averaging 35 now. Hard Westbrook is averaging, I think, what twenty four. So you're taking yeah. away twenty four points. But then, what the rest of the team is doing? The West, well, the only other probably person probably scoring Capella is Capella. Capella. Capella is probably averaging like what, like eighteen and like probably like fourteen rebounds or eleven or something like that. But like, a reach. if you can get other people who can just freak, because that bitch that really Houston got atrocious. Cause you're not, you're not. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You're missing the point of you're not necessarily trying to just. I'm not trying to necessarily get rid of Westbrook. I'm trying to use Westbrook to build actually a team. Cause the duo of Westbrook and Harden with Capella and and a little bit of Eric Gordon money is hurting that team. In which you can go out and get a person like Dragic who's going to the score and who probably can have a good game where Harden is off at one point. And a whole bunch of they like bitch pieces and just solid players from Miami. And you're straight as a team in the West because Gee, the West is These not are the set. bench players of Miami, bro. I don't think you missed the point. James, what, who was, I was just looking at. Deion Waiters. No. <laughs> no. Who else? Myers Leonard. Take Take him. He's I'm a, pretty sure he's I'm better than Tyson Chandler. Sure. I would say he's better than Tyson Chandler. Either him or Kelly Olynyk would be better than Tyson Chandler. Let's put it that him way. Him and Kelly Olynyk will both be better than Tyson Chandler. 
I'm one of the two. You dig him yet, but James Johnson is still on his roster. I don't know what the hell he does anymore. And that's really it. Like, but in terms of their bench, you're getting, but still, if I'm the, like, I get your point. You want to build a solid team, but outside of probably the only most useful player outside of the key in the trade would be Gordon Drogic, Kelly Olenek, or Myers Leonard. And honestly, they're not moving a needle to me. me James Johnson doesn't move a needle. Like, I get your point, you want, but all you're doing is putting more of a focus on, okay, we know Harden's, we, we're just going to literally just run a box and one on Harden and take our chances. Because, yeah, Gordon Drogic, he can probably drop like 15, 18 a night. Cool, but he's Gordon Drogic in late of his career. Kelly Olenek only plays good unless Kevin Love is on the other side of the court and he rips his arm out of his socket. And James Johnson. He's P.J. Tucker without a skill set. But you are. (laughs) This is another thing that you forget. My nigga James Harden literally took a team on when I I believe Chris Paul was injured. Took a team when they had to bring people from the G League and they still was in playoff talk. That is also true. But but we also. But that doesn't work come playoff time. Because like at this. Point. That's not going to work come playoff time playoff in the current West. He's not going to win the playoffs with Westbrook. But you have to deal Westbrook as a piece to not only build for now, but to make space in case some other person in free agency don't, I mean, some other team don't want their star player in the, the coming future. Because at, at this moment, you have two people, because if Westbrook continues to not look as good as he used to be in his MVP and James Harden, you know, is James Harden, and they continue to be a mid-level, below-average team. I mean, below-good team, not average. Below-good team. It is going to be harder to deal that man to get your team looking better. You want to think of the future now, which is getting rid of Dan Tony, which is going to happen eventually, and start making Odell have to make way for this team to compete within two years. Because yes, it's a watch. You're not gonna beat the Bucks. You're not gonna beat. You're not gonna beat the Lakers, Clippers. You won't beat Philly. Yeah, Probably that's definitely a watch. But two years from now, somebody might not want to be there in the team that they're in right now. But with you having two Uber super max contracts on your on your on your plus Capella plus Eric Gordon, you in a situation in which you have to get rid of that other max contract and the. Only other team who has the stuff to get away from, I mean, to get rid of, is literally, okay, not the other team, but is literally in which that other team would suit Westbrook better is Miami. And then the only other team I could think of is got darn New York. But I'm pretty sure <laughs> you're not going to get what you want back from New York with Westbrook. No you're not going to get R.J. Barrett. You're not going to get Mitchell Robinson. You're getting Alonzo Trier, Kevin Knox. And nothing else. I feel like that would be, be if you, in terms of how you trying to build the trade, that's not a bad idea. You know, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you probably could get that pick away from them too. You could probably finesse the pick. You could probably finesse that well, number I, one pick. But do 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 my boy Rensburg got a no trade clause or something? 
I don't know. Cause they got no trade calls that they have. Nigga be like, fuck I wanna be in New York for. Ain't about to fix nothing there. <laughs> He's literally gonna say that. And then I think another reason why it just popped in my head if I'm Miami, I kinda wanna chill and think maybe I could if Giannis just is unhappy in Milwaukee. Nope. If look, look, I think Giannis <laughs> Giannis is taking a one if Giannis is unhappy in Milwaukee, life on the house, I don't wanna ride it all the way because that's what he going, dog. And no ifs and no but. No, oh, you just quick. Dog. Curry legit took and walked to that man and said, let's do it next. <laughs> and Giannis didn't say, no, no, man. No, no. Giannis haven't even said a word from that situation. Well, Giannis is smart. He see he saw what happened to uh, KD and LeBron. He like, I'm going to shut the hell up. Dog. <laughs> and then Curry, everybody gave the excuse to Curry. Oh, uh, I was just asking uh, to play golf. No, nah, <laughs> it was just a thought, you know, though. It's a thought. Like, somebody hey. had a dumb enough, somebody had a dumb enough thought to say, "Yeah, this should leave Milwaukee to Dallas." No, like, bro, if you don't take Luka Doncic in that one championship, you next. They, calm have, down. They, they are lucky that Luca became what the hell he is, but let's go ahead and move on. Just know the Rockets are mid. Um, let's go ahead and before we get into more negativity, because we'll talk about Kyrie next, but let's go ahead and talk about the WNBA and the fact that they are prospering, man. Uh, so in a progressive type of way, but in terms of you look at the broader picture, after we talk about it, I'm going to have a dialogue. But the WNBA has reached a new CBA agreement with its players that will increase the salaries. Uh, they will get maternity leave, improves marketing, and travel for the league. So uh, this collective bargaining agreement will last eight years. If they were smart, that month will be four. Because I think the league is the league is at its highest peak right now in terms of popularity. And I think it will only grow. So, if they were smart, that this agreement should be shorter than that. Because I think the league is only going to keep moving forward from here. But, uh, little details that were mentioned in the uh, collective bargain agreement. And some of this stuff is shocking. But the, uh, the average WNBA player salary will now be in six figures. That's a ripoff in his goddamn self, one. Uh, but... It helps keep a lot of his best players here in the States during offseason and also off ESPN. Uh, shout out to that fine black skin shorty on that be on ESPN. Uh, I forgot her name, but it's very hard to pronounce. But uh, uh, the Abuwayu, something like yeah. that. Yeah, shout out mm-hmm. to her. But yeah, so shout out to them finally getting in six figures. But the fact that they were not getting that says a lot in itself. And the max... I think for now, for uh, for some of the top players will be eligible for making a max of five hundred k. That Wait, so I thought it was they average. No, the, the, no, the no. Average is five hundred k. No, I doubt if somebody maxes five hundred k. No, no, that is exactly how it's worded. The average salary will earn average in WNBA oh. will earn a six figure salary, while top players are eligible for annual compensation that could push. So it's not even guaranteed they can meet meet 500k. 
that can reach up to 500k. God, WNBA players get paid 500k is, I think, the veteran minimum for an NFL player. I think. I think the vet minimum contract. Yeah, I think it's dang near. Like, I think the best G League players probably touch 500k, but like the vet minimum in the NBA for veteran minimum is I think one point seven million dollars. And I know some player for some players it's three. But I know for like depending on accomplishments it goes up and down. But uh it's one yeah. point I think it's one point five or one point seven. Yeah. So it just, you know, I think it's gonna take time That's what it should you because it's just gonna have to take time for them million. Yeah. But yeah, I think over time it will. Uh, so, but regardless, they get in paid good money now. So, but, uh, well, better money than us. Let's put it that way. But the fact that it's probably people who don't even do as much as some of these women do, we're getting paid more than them. is kind of wild. Um, improved travel arrangements, which include, uh, the players getting their own hotel room. So each player is guaranteed their own hotel room. Yes. They was not getting their own hotel rooms. These muffles probably bunking up together. Yeah. I'm gonna save a problematic take off that. Uh, <sighs> yeah, travel arrangements will be a lot better as well. So, uh, women would the women will finally, uh, like shout out to uh hoops and brews because while they were uh doing the uh covering for the sparks last year i learned a lot about like how the travel arrangements works some they were taking trains to airports g trains we're not talking about like they call like a big ass uber or they got a team bus they were taking trains bro to airports so and then even i don't think all of them had chartered flights like they'll just have to cover one like regular ass flight so imagine having to share a flight with regular folk. So, yeah. uh, the next major thing is also includes uh, maternity leave, fully paid, guaranteed maternity leave, so they get their full contract salary. The fact that this wasn't in it in the first place is bizarre as fuck to me. That's really bizarre. Extreme. Like I understand, like maybe like a decent amount of women players are gay. A decent amount. But these are still women. Still, I'm like, some some probably get surrogates. Exactly. Some probably get, you know, like, uh, go to sperm banks and stuff to get their children. Yeah, they still want to have kids. Like, they're still women regardless. They still want to have kids and majority of them. So it's like, and even the ones that are straight get pregnant. But the fact they wasn't getting their full money says a lot. It once again, it says a lot that they that a league, a sports league that is based on women, did not have maternity leave fully paid. That is ridiculous. But yeah. it's a lot of the stuff included is a good step forward, a great great step forward. Makes me happy to see it. Uh, shout out to a lot of the more recent players fighting for these rights as well, uh, because it's like it started getting loud the past couple of seasons. But 
it says a lot about the current structure where the WNBA is going that these type of things is happening. Also, they will get a 50-50 cut with the uh, CBA. So that means what? They're guaranteed half of whatever profit comes. So that's good as well. Also, they didn't even get fully uh, child care either. So, like, you know, like, while they played in the season, they wasn't getting their child care. They, that was out of pocket, too. Well, that's so. not like they were working for the E, huh? Sweet yeah. <laughs> it sounded like they were working for WWE, G. Which is wild when you, like, think back on it, G. But, yeah, it's a, it's a huge step in the right direction. I'm happy to see that the league is progressing. And I feel like it will only move the league even further, it will prop and just and for the next generation of WNBA players that will to come, like it will continue to move forward. I I strongly believe that that probably within five years, it we may see the first woman WNBA player to get a max contract and touching a million a million dollars within the next five years before this decade is out let's put it that way before this decade is out i believe a wnba player will be uh getting a contract worth a million dollars a year so yeah so but good to see but uh it's still a lot more progress that needs to happen but it's really great to see um let's also talk about markel folks he's been hooping uh the lakers before they beat the living hell out the rockets they took an l to the Magic, what Markel Fultz in the process of it had a triple double game. It was a really good, really good game for Markel Fultz. He had his moment. It once again, I'm happy to see Markel prospering. Uh, it's people out here saying Philly's looking dumb for getting rid of him, but nope. It's one of those times where you you like as an organization, you you know it just wasn't working here. The city, your fan base turned on him. And as much as you tried to help, it just wasn't working. And sometimes for a lot of players, you just need something fresh, a fresh start. The Magic gave him that. And I am very happy to see him prospering the way that he is out here. Like, he had and his it moment. And it wasn't like, the, the, dog, you can't, if you're a contender, you just can't have dead weight. Yeah. I agree. So it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, Philly just wanted to he was hot garbage. It wasn't like a Ben Simmons situation in which he did he 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 he, he uh, can't shoot. Men didn't know how to shoot. He was relearning to shoot. He was relearning. He had to relearn everything. Yeah, man. I don't like. But yeah, it's good to see Markel out here uh, doing his thing. Um. Did he play? Oh yeah, this he's in his third year. Okay. Dang, I was low key wondering because I don't remember him playing his rookie year. So. No, you know he came twice. Yeah. He came. But, I think he. You said what? I think he played twice. To him. I'm looking at Basketball Reference. It said 14 games. I really don't remember these 14 games. Well, he probably came in like at the quarter. Yeah, he had to. But regardless, shout out to Markel. You're doing your thug dizzle out here. Keep keep improving. Uh, 
I would say you're putting yourself in the race for most improved because you're fu- But for those that were just doubting the man, he's out here now. And shout out to the Magic for believing in him as well because they took a chance. They really took a chance for the man. So, uh, but let's go ahead and talk about Kyrie Irving. Uh, Kyrie has returned to the Nets lineup last week. Uh, first couple of games, he had really good games individually. Let's put it that. Let's let's be stressful here. Individually, Kyrie had really good game. I think the first game they won, right? Believe so. Yeah, they won the first game. He came back. Then the second game, he had he dropped a thirty ball and they lost. Then he has a this is he has his first mid game, and you just sit there and be like, "Well, Kyrie, it's that time." And after that game, he proceeds to, I would like to say, just show his ass and make people remember that a, hey, oh dang, and did they they lose to the Bucks tonight today? They should have. Let me double check. Let's see. If they won, Giannis was not playing. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I'm trying to see. Let's see Let's see. Yeah, they lost that game. They got clapped up. Uh, but yeah. So you had two straight mid games, but after the Philly game, uh, where he went, he had fourteen point six. Uh, went six for twenty one, uh, and literally shot them out the game. It was a close game. It was a really close game at the end. He took it beside himself to shoot their ass out the game, and I myself tweeted, "It would be lovely to see Kyrie put more trust in his teammates because they wasn't that." bad like they had a decent start after he got hurt and then they just fell off like the past couple weeks but that's expected because you expect them to go more than a month and a half out your best player is crazy as hell for any team so and there's only so much that you can expect Spencer Spencer Dinwiddie to do by himself and then Karis LeVert to do do as well it's only so much plus Jared Allen but Kyrie and after the uh, that game, proceeds to talk to the media, calls out teammates, says the team has glaring needs, calls out teammates, even calls some people by name saying who are the key pieces. Uh, off the top of my head, I will call him uh, stating Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, and DeAndre Jordan, Ign- totally ignoring Jared Allen, who is way, way better than... Uh, DeAndre Jordan at this point of his career and Torian Prince and Joe Harris. That nigga tweaking, but uh, I'm going to play the clip right here. Hold on, let me. I'm going to play it off my phone because I don't got it on my computer. It's just out there. You know, it's glaring in terms of the pieces that we need in order for us to be at that next level. And I'm going to continue to reiterate it. You know, we're going to do the best with the guys that we have within our locker room now. And, you know, we worry about all the other stuff in terms of moving pieces and everything else as an organization uh, down the line. Collectively, I feel like we have great pieces, but obviously it's pretty glaring that we need, you know, one more piece or two more pieces that will complement myself, KD, DJ, GT, Spence, Karrison. You know, we'll see how that. Nigga tweaking, man, talking about we need one, two more pieces. The one, two piece you need is Kevin Durant. That's it. Spit Kevin. 
That's that's the one two piece that you need. That's very glaring. We know we notice that. We notice that Kyrie, because at this point, and I love Kyrie. I love watching Kyrie play basketball, but I just know for a fact that you are not a number one option. It's fine. It's cool. But I don't need you out here talking like you're the number one option, bro. Like, it's showing that LeBron kind of rubbed off Kyrie in a way, or he wants to be like LeBron and making these type of statements, but you're not LeBron, bro. You're not. But before, but I'll let you go ahead and state your thoughts on this. I, I just find it weird, you know. I find it extremely weird that uh, he, he's coming out and saying these things. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Like, why is this something he's saying? I don't get what he gains from this talk. Um. Um. Like, can you like? It's it's extremely weird. It's. it's I wouldn't even say it's out of character. Because I think he bipolar. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Because when you remember when he was, remember he was with um, uh, remember when he was with um, Boston, Boston, and he was like, "Yeah, man, I have a call." Uh, to talk to him about how to take care, how to be, and it would mean like we used to think that he hated LeBron. He didn't even used to talk to him. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I I don't know what's going on. Uh, I hope his his man is okay. Really. Really hope this man. Really hope it ain't nothing hurting this man. Uh, I hope it ain't like a female. <laughs> you know, sometimes not. females make a nigga busy. I hope not. Gee, hope Kyrie ain't letting no white woman stress him out because you know he loved them, loved that milk. Yeah, he definitely do. Definitely. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just think when it comes to we we talking about that stuff, um, uh, we talking bad to your teammates like that. It don't come up. I don't care if your teammates know what you're talking. About. Like they they know what you mean when you say this type of stuff. It just don't come out right, and. When you doing stuff like that, when you bring in your teammates, talk. Did you say you don't even say? Come playoff time, the trade deadline is already done, and you can talk about stuff like some. Your team is is dashing below five hundred and actually make playoff. Understand, right? Mm -hmm. He he didn't even talk about it during that. He talks about it during 
the heat of it. Yeah, during when come anytime you're not gonna be on uh, somebody like Joe Harris. His name? What's some other thing? Torian Prince. Torian Prince, or even freaking like Jared Allen. Or they could just be gone. Which if they trade Jared Allen, Kyrie. They trade Jared Allen. They they deserve every negative thing that's going to happen. Definitely. They definitely deserve. But I just find it funny. I really do. I I think he's horrible. And I don't know if KD is that better of a lead than him. I agree. But I. I, I think he's a whole. I think um, how the things he say it's it's not even helpful. Like, what is he? What is he doing that's helpful? Like, what is he saying that's helping the team? What is he? Is he um. What is he? Uh, what is he contributing? Because it's, it's one thing to say that if you one thing to say that like in the James Harden aspect, and you're averaging thirty six, eight and eleven out there every night, sweating hard, trying to get wins, and it's just not helping. Dude, you're not average. Is he averaging even twenty one? Uh, let's check and see. Right now, Kyrie's averaging 26. Oh, okay. Well, he's been gone for half the season. Since but, he's been back, he's about averaging like 23. About 23. Rough estimate. But, like, you can't... You can't just... You just can't do that. Especially off the cusp of what happened in Boston. You can't do that. You just can't. Yeah. I'll leave the bathroom. I'll be right back. So, yeah, but yeah, as I'm just to keep talking about the situation itself, just my overall thoughts over it. Kyrie himself, I just feel like at as as a guy who was around LeBron for what three, four years, three years, three years, you would think. That he will have the decency and the common sense. Well, I think it's four years. Yeah, the decency and the common sense to legit be like, okay, what can I learn from this man? And LeBron, yes, he will have what where it's known he can get somebody traded. He's the GM. But also, LeBron also knew how to play the media. And he also knew how to at least be there for his teammates despite the fact that he the media will state he has the power to get rid of anybody at any given second. And also even that year in 2016 when he was saying, I need a playmaker. We need another playmaker. Was that frustrating to hear all the time? Yes, it definitely was. And especially when they give you Darren Williams. But you would think Kyrie will learn and be like, hmm, yeah. Since I'm going to be the guy, I have to learn to handle the media like the guy in 
if there's one thing LeBron was very good at was creating the narrative. He always created the narrative. He made sure he had full control of the narrative. And Kyrie doesn't really do a good job at that. If anything, he just causes us to create the narrative. Because when you going around just, in a way, throwing probably two-thirds of your team under the bus and two-thirds of your starting lineup under the bus, you're sitting there as, if I'm me, if I'm Jared Allen especially because, nigga, I'm, I, literally, I, I've had more moments than anybody else on this team who isn't Spencer Dinwiddie. I'm the best defensive player on this Exactly. I'm covering for your ass majority of the time because your people coming up to the hole who I got to send to hell. So, honestly, I will be triggered. But Kyrie doesn't handle the media so well for a guy who hates the media. And for you to literally just say that, it makes no sense. Especially when you just now coming back on your third game where you yourself was honestly a key reason why we lost this game. It wasn't Karis LeVert. It wasn't Spencer Dinwiddie. It wasn't Jared Allen. It wasn't Joe Harris. It wasn't Torian Prince. It was Kyrie Irving who was chucking up bullshit in that fourth quarter, letting Tobias Harris hoop us up to the moon. You was the reason we lost that game. So, in a way, it's just, yeah, like you were saying, G, it's weird. It wasn't necessary. It made no sense for him to literally just say that. And it just makes me really just curious on, like, gee, like, how are you handling this locker room, bro? Like, how are you handling it? And this team does need KD in more ways than one. And I feel like even on off-court type things, I feel like, yeah, KD isn't no better as a leader, but I would lean on more as what KD has to say to me about me than Kyrie if I'm that team. Even if KD Achilles is still halfway repaired. So that's just how I look at it. But overall, Kyrie needs to just handle the media situation better. He did uh, talk about the quote the next day and uh, pretty much told the media. He didn't even really uh, say, like, oh, my fault. I forgot to mention so-and-so and stuff. He just said, I said what I said and stuck to it. So I don't blame him. said, y'all could turn it around however you please. But as far as I can say, Kyrie just... If you want to give any one player that you didn't mention an apology, is somebody it deserves is Jared Allen. Joe Harris, his job is just to shoot threes. Torian Prince, he's a nigga with dreads. So I'm not going to sit there, but there's two. those two are still solid players. But Jared Allen can literally be an all-star if the right people get hurt this year. So and I'm not wishing injury upon nobody. But if the right people get hurt, Jared Allen can easily be an all-star. So... Put respect on that man's name, G. That's all I ask for. And put respect on your teammates' name, especially when you wasn't have been on the court hooping with them while they were trying to salvage staying at least above water to stay in the playoff race in the East for your ass. But Kyrie's just making the, the block hot in Brooklyn for absolutely no reason. When I, literally going into the season, we was going to give Kyrie a pass solely because KD wasn't there. Yeah. We was gonna give you a pass, but now it's like, oh, okay, now we now we gotta focus on Brooklyn. We have to. 
to be that way. And also, you got niggas out here saying John Morant is better than you. And that's a big fucking (laughs) no-no. That's a big-ass fucking no-no. So, Kyrie, not only play better, but think better, G. You went to freaking Duke. Act like you got a damn Duke education, G. But uh, let's move on to uh, what else? We Zion's coming back this week. Uh, so we thought there was rumor that Zion was supposed to come back last week on uh the game they their game against the Jazz, but it is confirmed that he'll be back Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? Or was it Monday? Hold on. When do they play the? I think it was the Spurs. Hold on, looking. Yeah, the game against the Spurs on the twenty second of uh, Wednesday. They play the Spurs. Uh, Zion will be back that week. I mean that day. So Zion will be back. He won't. We won't need to see him sleeping on the bench anymore. The return of fat folks is very near. So what can we? What do you expect from Zion uh, as he returns to the Pelicans? He's gonna be mid. Now let me quit. Um. I just expect Zion to be Zion. Uh, I honestly don't really. Um, I don't really see him being bad. I really see him being made. Respect him. Back. I don't think he should press himself to be. Oh, I got to be rookie of the year. I'm supposed to be this next thing about Bron. I'm gonna do all this. Walk, bam, bam, walk. I don't think he should do that. Um, I honestly think he should uh, just. Um, you know, come in and, and and play his game. Don't try to uh, don't try to uh, do too much. Uh, and then just uh, what I'm about to say. Don't try to do too much, but just uh, because I don't want him to do too much because Brandon Ingram is playing really really good. And you don't want to kind of mess that up. Yeah. And Lonzo actually is in rhythm too, so play off your team. And uh I'm pretty sure Lonzo is gonna be able to get him the ball to get him his shots. Yep. That team is gonna be really, really good when Lonzo on the court. Um is really gonna show uh Alvin Gentry's co- coaching prowess, I hope. Um We believe you, Alvin G. Yes, yes we believe we you. So hopefully he uh, he can't come back and, and be Zion. Yeah. Uh, for me, I one thing you said I really want out of Zion is to play along with the team and don't feel like you need to be the guy. As of right now, Brandon Ingram is the guy, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that right now. Because regardless, Zion is the future of this team. This team is only going to be really freaking great if Zion is the best player. And plus, Brandon Ingram's playing for a max. So, whether he's going to get it from the Pelicans, we do not know. But, um, just seeing, but, uh, but overall, I feel like Zion is coming in. And, uh, honestly, with Ingram hooping the way he is, it makes Zion's life very much more easier. We're going to keep it a G. Because he's coming into a situation where he doesn't feel pressure to have to drop the numbers he was dropping in the preseason. Like, he was freaking giving niggas 28, 25 points in the freaking preseason, G. So, 
he doesn't need to do that. Is he capable of doing it? Heck yes. But play in rhythm of the offense. Let Lonzo set you up. And honestly, with Lonzo being probably the most confident he's been since that little stretch he's had, he had last year where like that one game where him and LeBron had a triple-double together, literally this is the most confident I've seen Lonzo since around that time frame. So let Lonzo set you up. Uh, don't don't. There's nothing wrong being the second man behind Ingram right now in terms of scoring. Just I like give. Just do everything else. Rebound. Hopefully your jump shots better. Stretch the floor. Just be. Just do everything else. And if you do what you're supposed to do, they could honestly finesse a way to sneak into the eighth seed into the West because the West is such a freaking dumpster dump after the sixth seed. They could sneak into the playoffs if they just win. Probably like get in some like win eight out of your last ten a few times during the rest of the season. They could sneak in. It's a good chance they could sneak in. So anything is possible. But uh, like I said, I just don't want him to hurt himself. Please do the Rising Star Challenge because I freaking paid one hundred and forty dollars for them fucking tickets. So I need you <laughs> to play. Thank you. That's all I ask out of your fat ass, G. Come to Chicago, eat some damn mild sauce, G. Heck, if I see you, heck, we might get you on the podcast, G. We'll talk about Chicago, what food you ate here in Chicago over the weekend, G. It's cool. But, but yeah, uh, Zion will be back next uh, this upcoming week, so something to look forward to. The NBA should be happy in itself. Uh, then before we get into wrestling, a couple of trades have happened. Uh... First trade, Jeff T has been sent back to the Hawks uh, for Allen Crab. I think that was Allen Crab and yeah, no, the yeah, the rap the war. I mean not wars. Timberwolves trade Jeff T, Trevion Graham for Allen Crab. Uh, Allen Crab out here got that contract. He just want to pass around because he's just ass. Be that way sometimes. Uh, any initial initial thoughts of the trade itself? Nah, <laughs> who cares? Yeah, uh, only the one positive about the trade—it's a positive for both teams. The Hawks—they needed a backup point guard. They did not have a backup point guard for Trey Young at all, so kind of lowers some having to do so much with both units. So, and Jeff Teague is a likable Hawk. Like he was part of that, one of their greatest teams ever. You know, they got swept by LeBron and Matthew Dallavadova. Uh But, yeah, so Jeff T. And Jeff T is also good, somebody who could be a good mentor for Trey Young as well. Uh, and for the Timberwolves, you have another piece you can use to lure the Warriors into giving you D'Lo. Yeah. So, that's the positive. <laughs> Which probably will happen. They're going to need that uh that space to bring group freak on. <laughs> Be that way. You laugh. I'm just, I'm just keeping it real, man. In no, the words of the great OJ Simpson, I'm just saying. We don't need that, but it'd be that way if it happens, unfortunately. Next, uh, Trevor Reza found his way on to the uh, Blazers by... And well, that is... boy, Luka Donnie, six that boy, Kent Bazemore. <laughs> <laughs> he said that boy, Kent 
Blaze was second bit so after that shot, boy. Blaze was like, that's a mother straw. Go. <laughs> that's crazy, bro. Oh, I forgot he did shoot. Oh, he did make that shot over that man. <laughs> they couldn't take it no more after that. They was like, yep, this time. <laughs> See, they didn't get your ass up out of here, G. But uh, Kent Bazemore got Kent Bazemore and Anthony Tolliver. Damn, that's after Anthony Tolliver <laughs> caught the straight bullet and he got to go back to Sacramento, unfortunately. I'm sorry. Portland is way better than Sacramento as a, as a town, I feel like. Way better. Yes, it rains all the time in Portland, but I'm sure it's more fun stuff to do in Portland than Sacramento. It has to be. Uh, but yeah, as I was saying, but uh, those two niggas got sent to Sacramento for uh, Trevor Ariza and some nigga named Wendell Gabriel and Caleb Swinigan. Do sound like well, no niggas sound out through watch. Yeah, I think it was but the Wendell Gabriel play, dude. You just gotta know that this just won't happen. It's wild that Wise knows stuff for your agent. How you, your agent don't even at least send you a text saying, "Yeah, Jesus, you 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 might about to get traded." I would hate to literally see through Wise that I got traded. G, I would be hurt. I would be hurt. But I still feel like the top uh, figuring out you got traded is uh is book. You find out he got traded during the All Star game. G. <laughs> he, he, the man was talking to the media. They said, "You know, you got flipped, right?" Uh huh. Oh, okay. Cool. I don't gotta go back to Sacramento. Cool. Like, that's still one of the funniest one reactions ever. But uh, but yeah. Uh, I feel like Portland just. I understand getting rid of. I don't really see the purpose of this move because I don't think Trevor Reason moves any needles in twenty twenty. I just no. don't. Like <laughs> the, I don't see why. He, uh. I, just, I, I don't either. Dang, this is his 11th team? That's tough. To Trevor Reza? Yep. Oh, was he even playing? I'm, hold on. Let me see Trevor He Reza. probably wasn't. Let's see. Hold on, I'm just curious what his stats are before this season. Damn, NBA.com. Update your shit. Trevor Reza still on the damn... Portland on your team, on your thing. Hold on. Let's see. Trevor Reza. Yeah, he's been playing. He's been mid, but he's been playing. He's averaging six points this year. Five rebounds. And a steal. Yeah, th- this is w- another Portland trade that doesn't move the needle. They're just wasting time. Uh, also, no, Royce O'Neal. That trade was literally to say bye, Kit Bazemore. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and the Jazz also gave Royce O'Neal $36 million for four years. Sounds very Jazz-like. But anyway, so that's it for basketball this week. Uh, Moving on, let's go ahead and get into wrestling. So uh, let's go ahead and just talk about Tessa Blanchard being uh, MAGA, being a racist. Uh, first, you hate to see it. Yep, you really do. First, let's just outright say, yes, congratulations for being the first female, first female Impact champion. Uh, is really dope. World champion, be specific. Uh, is good, but 
it kind of sucks that you that we had to learn that you not only spit on other women, it's another thing to bully, be a bully. Like wrestling is known for having locker room bullies. That don't really phase me that much. It's it's some of our favorite wrestlers were locker room bullies. It's enough stories you can look up from any off YouTube to find this out. But it's one thing to spit on another human being and then to be racist on top of it, to call her a nigger. So pretty much allegedly. So what started this is Tessa Blanchard getting on Twitter stating women. We need to with being all pro women like, hey, we got to support each other. We walk the band. Uh, I, this happened a week ago, so I really don't feel like digging for these tweets. But um, and they, I think probably by now, Tessa Blanchard finally deleted them. Um, if not, she's really foolish. Uh, but Tessa Blanchard proceeds to no. Oh, she says, "Hey, women, we gotta support one another." The night before her grand glorious night. Um, then an independent woman wrestler. I forgot who, but I know one. It was multiples, but one of them being Chelsea Green, who's currently in NXT, said a one of, not Chelsea Green herself said this, but a uh, it, you wasn't being all supportive of a woman when you called a, in Japan. You said you bully were being a bully, and then on top of it, you spit on a woman and called her the N word. This is a white wo- woman wrestler, by the way, who said this. Then Chelsea Green says, yeah, she is a bully off the bam. And then at this point, now wrestling Twitter is in an uproar. And other women are coming out saying, yeah, she did X, Y, and Z. And then we finally find out who the woman is. Uh, do you remember the woman who was called the N-word? Oh, I know she was she had La Negro in her name. I forgot. Let me look this up. That that way we just giving correct accurate information. Tessa Blanchard Nigga. Oh well let's put in word. Let's see. There we go. La Rosa Negra, an independent wrestler. Uh she called her the N word and spit on her. So amongst this, other women were saying sharing their stories of how uh Tessa Blanchard is a uh, is legit a bully and whop the bam so in the course of all of this what makes this really unfortunate is women not only saying this actually happened but also stating well it wasn't that bad okay Tessa can go ahead and be a racist it's a lot of racists in the industry her dad is freaking Tully Blanchard that nigga definitely said the n-word and probably called Teddy Long an n-word multiple times he just not Ric Flair level but you spit on a person. There's no way in hell that I'm caping for any person that spits on any goddamn body. And dang near every woman in independent wrestling knows of this. No way in hell. I I just can't cape for that. And that's that bullshit that I don't like. But the fact that literally that it was black women wrestlers. And of course Moose. Uh, who were caping for her. It really pissed me the hell off. Um, I did call them coons accordingly or something like that. Uh, they probably blocked me, but who cares? Uh, I didn't want you on my damn podcast in the first place. Um, but 
it's just a simple fact that nobody just literally just it's like it was just how a lot of black women wrestlers were just being blase about it and in a and then even like black wrestling twitter as a whole especially after the whole ACH situation you have the whole ACH situation kind of blew me and that's why I'm glad it happened played out the way it did but this situation it was people who were legit caping capping at that wasn't as triggered about this than they were about ACH where legit one of the biggest women wrestlers in the world who isn't even with WWE not even AEW legit told called another woman a negro a nigga and y'all not as outraged and matter of fact some of y'all were capping and caping some of the wrestlers who were capping for ACH were caping for her and I, I just find that bullshit and y'all look really fucking clownish right now G and I just don't like that. It blew me. It really blew me how a lot of people who were all, oh, let's turn our freaking uh, profile pictures black and white for ACH was very quiet or looking very goofy over te- uh, Tessa Blanchard. Like, it's just funny how the light just changes when it comes to this. But uh, Tessa Blanchard still won the belt. Who gives a fuck? Uh <coughs> She kind of made the situation. She really didn't push for the situation to go in favor that it should have, but that's on her fault. Um, because you put a freaking you put negativity in a situation where it's just like, yeah, uh, you just divided the entire community on how big this situation is. But be that way. But uh, your thoughts? No, you say that thing. I don't care. I'll show you. I ain't. It went. I knew. It the same thing with the ACA stuff because people like to move the goal. Oh, yeah. Not the WWE, so hey. But yeah, and then also Tessa Blanchard uh, proceeded to also uh, after she won the belt, pretty much she, like immediately after she, uh, like off camera, they uh, she sold something to the live audience uh, just stating that whoever's against her will have to ban them. I'm like, now you're playing the white white woman victim role. And I'm like, here we go. And then even in the, she made a official statement. I'm going to read the official statement. that I'm going to at least read that because that just came out. Um, let's see. Here we go. Tessa Blanchard said in her official statement, over the last week, I have been accused of calling a fellow wrestler a racial slur. To this allegation has been personally upsetting. To be clear, I did not t- use that word. That word is not in my vocabulary. That word is not in my heart. Racism is not in my heart. She just outright just said, I am a racist, because that's what all racists say. Yet, I know many people have to deal with racism in a way, in a way I will never have to. Racism is an awful part of American history. It is equally awful that it's still part of a society. While I did not do what was claimed, I stand by, stand ready to use my platform to f- support the fight against racism however I can. Um, we have a special word from Sale. Since you want to be a fucking clown, I thought I should let you know the circus is nine miles in the opposite direction. Luckily, you're already in the wrestling business, so you're dang near uh, part of the circus. And plus, you're on impact, so you're good. But, um... You still didn't out the bogus thing. She still didn't mention that she spit on this woman. 
She has not denied <laughs> that part. You, I expect you to deny you're a racist. But on terms of just being outright disrespectful, you still spit on another person. Like I think people are forgetting that po- point here. I think Tesla is too amongst this. That part is really, really missed out on. But it is what it is. Just know there's a reason why Tessa Blanchard isn't in the WWE. That she isn't in NXT. She shot. She shot herself in the foot amongst that. But this type of stuff reminds you of why Triple H didn't pull pull the plug on her ass. So just saying. But she'll be in AEW before uh, this year's out, probably. So, hey, uh, have fun over there. Um, speaking of AEW, for some odd reason, Turner said, hey, you guys can have two shows a week. Um, your thoughts? They're going to need another belt. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. They need to be a car And that's going to be really weird. I don't know. I, Turner probably says that because that's probably one of their biggest shows. Uh, but I don't know. It's, shout out to AW for getting them two shows. Yeah. Um. Uh, I don't know how to shows when they roster is that thin. But hey, thing is, their roster isn't necessarily thin. Like if you go on a website, they have people who are there. They just don't have TV time to use. And then at this point on TV, you're just trying to gauge ratings. So, like, you have that gay nigga who, uh, what's his name, Sonny Kiss. Mm -hmm. If you was trying to reach a certain demographic or just want to boost ratings, I will have Sonny Kiss on almost every week doing something. So, and then you have... Like, they just have people on their roster. I'm like, dang, i never even seen this person yet. Just outright, i just never seen this person on the roster. So, I, w- I feel like it would help in that aspect a little bit. But it's, it's just one of those, like, it's cool. You ain't fumble the bag. But it's just like, when are you going to air this second show? Because... Monday, you got well, raw. They, they, it's been for three years, so probably year two they get the second. Show. Um, I don't, I don't know how that's gonna go. Yeah, Seems because like they're moving extremely fast. Who yeah. cares? Yeah, honestly, but um, but yeah, I don't know when they're gonna edit the second show. What day of the week? Because Monday's raw, Tuesday backstage. It could be, it could be Tuesday. You yeah, can still then, do backstage, but uh, yeah, I know but. it could be Tuesday. I know they do AEW Dark. Yeah, AEW just... Dark is kind of where they use majority of the roster. They can't be on TV, but yeah, they'll figure oh, it wait, out. Oh, is AEW Dark on Thursdays? I don't know. I don't remember. You could do Thursdays, but that's too close. Don't yeah. want to do Fridays because literally no one is watching. Yeah, and... Mugs barely watches SmackDown or remember SmackDown's on. Nope. It's still getting good ratings, but if people if SmackDown's doing okay on Fox, Mugs is not going to remember AEW is on their secondary show is on uh on a Friday. So exactly. So yeah, let them figure that out. That ain't my problem. But uh, this week in wrestling, um, 
So one of the mo- one of the main moments that happened this past week on Raw, uh, Raw was really good. Really, it was yeah. a really good Raw. Uh, Brock Lesnar came back. He had a really fun segment with uh, <laughs> r Truth, which led to uh, him getting beat the living daylights out of. Be that way sometimes. <laughs> but it was really a fun segment. Um, what else happened? Uh, let me just pull up these results. I didn't even know Mojo Raleigh was on TV. Um, let's see. Dude, I watch Raleigh. Let's see. The Viking Rays beat the Rock to Sing fight, Brothers. Right? You said what? That was the fist fight episode, right? Yeah, that was the fist fight episode. I was just trying to remember stuff that happened between the Brock Lesnar uh and our truth moment and the uh Alistair Black and everything after that. But uh yeah, the Alistair Black versus Buddy Murphy, this is what the third match. That was their third or fourth. How many times had they fought? Three or four times. It's probably fourth. But yeah, yeah it's so, fourth because they fought on the pay per view. Yep. So Anyway, Alistair Black and Buddy had another fun match. Uh, of course, Buddy got Black Max to hell. Not once, but twice this time. Because he's the first person to kick out the Black Mask. So they gave him a that little thing. Even though I kind of want to say he probably kicked out when he should have kicked out. But uh, mm-hmm. be that way sometimes. But he got two Black Masks. And uh, after that... He got after the second one. He got black mass into depression, and after that, Buddy Murphy was just sitting outside the ring for the rest of the night, while Eric Rowan was beating the living hell out of the local talent of the of the week. He was just still sitting there in depression. Then the fist fight starts with Big Show, Kevin Owens, and Samoa Joe, and Seth Rollins, and uh, the big niggas. He's still sitting there. And Seth Rollins acknowledged the fact that he was there. That's what made this funny was just Seth Rollins acknowledging he was there and said, help us. And Buddy Murphy proceeded to say, you know, I need something to do. And help Seth Rollins beat beat, uh, beat uh, Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, and Big Show. Also, shout out to Kevin Owens uh, doing that uh, Die Lit album tribute. It was, it was definitely dope to see. And uh, overall, I really enjoyed the match itself. The match was really fun. It was faster than I thought it would go, but I really enjoyed the match in itself. Your thoughts? Yeah, I enjoyed the match too. So, what this leads me to the question of, and I posted on the Twitter page: Does this mean Seth Rollins is getting his own evolution now, just based off this, his own type of? I hope fraction. it lasts a little longer. I think WWE is doing a good job of something they could never. Uh, early, I mean, like in the two thousands and stuff, is they're using their they're using their roster, mm-hmm. <laughs> like um, official. Uh, that was something they always had a struggle doing. Uh, was using their roster efficiently. And uh shout out to them actually doing that. Um I don't know. 
but so that means you're one of your biggest stars. He can't be in a main event picture right now because he already Brock and stuff like that. So you have to put him somewhere. And um, putting him right there with uh, the authors of pain, who's also needed something to do. You're you're in game. You got you got things. You know, you're in a good situation. So um, shout out to WWE uh, for that because. If this was like five years ago, dog, Seth Rollins would be fighting freaking Mojo Rally right now and then just walk out and leads to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> we beat Mojo Rally and he does the thing that you can't see me like John Cena or something. <laughs> uh, like, no cap. So yeah, shout I, out to I, them for that. Um, <sighs> um, what else? Uh, shout out to them intertwining stories. You got the Buddy Murphy situation and uh, also shout out to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out to them for that. Oh yeah, definitely. And just my overall view, I'm very cool with Seth Rollins. I really like the, uh, the Monday Night Messiah type thing he got going on. It's, it's really, it just adds it just kind of make you see the parallels between him and Triple H even more now. Uh, yeah. Now he has that type of what well, Triple H always had a faction with him, or at least some point of his prime of his career, whether it was DX or um, like he had the Shield. So like you see the Shield as like his clique, and then now he the Shield was yeah the Shield was his clique or DX depending. Like they always come back together, so. And then now he kind of has his evolution now. You kind of see this as his evolution, just mm-hmm. a little bit different. Like, I don't see the authors of pa- anybody from the authors of pain being a freaking big, sh- I mean, uh, a Batista or Randy Orton. Well, I don't see them being a Batista or anything like that, but I can see them running roughshod with the tag team division. And it gives them a good boost as well and legitimacy threat as well, which they kind of need, especially after being away for so long. Uh, and then, yeah, and then with Buddy Murphy, I feel like it gives him a good boost. You give him a nice mid-card guy who you can eventually probably see, depending on how this goes, be in the main event scene in a a couple of years. So, I like it. Good way to, uh, boost up people that need it. Um, and once again, like you said, it's using the roster to its maximum, uh, max and i i just hope they just let it build up for like at least a year at least a year of them being together and just see where it goes um what else to really add my next th- my thing is just with kevin owens and the seth rollins thing itself because they are still the main rivalry amongst this how do you just kind of end it um uh- No, it it don't end until probably one of them. Well, Roman probably wouldn't rumble. You don't end it until we see who faces Brock at Main. Yeah. Or just let it be a triple threat. No, nah, I want that to be a triple threat. Yeah. It it depends where they want to go with it. 
Like I feel like yeah. one of the two one of the two main belts is going to be a triple threat match at Mania. It's either going to be the SmackDown, the W title, or the Universal title. One of them is going to be a triple threat match, I think. That's just me looking at it, how things is going now. Still early to tell, but we'll see. Uh, moving on, NXT was really good, of course. Uh, Undisputed Air jumped on an innocent black man and tried to break his ankle because they are scared of Roderick Strong getting his ass whooped and spirit bombed across the, ro- across the world. So I understand that and be that way sometimes, but... They really did try to beat his ass, though. They really tried to jump on Keith Lee. It was hilarious. Um, random question. I was listening to a podcast. They said Keith Lee has probably the worst theme song amongst black, among black wrestlers. Do you agree or disagree? Ricochet theme song literally starts with gunshots. <laughs> probably Ricochet has a bad one. Um, we're talking about every like, black I'm wrestler ever, G. Team. What'd you say? And we're talking about every black wrestler ever. Every black wrestler ever? My nigga, what the heck is God darn Shelton Benjamin theme song that's not No, no, I'm not. No, G, I'm not. No, Shelton Benjamin has a top five to me, G, no. But not the, but I'm talking about the one he got now. Oh, yeah, his now is pretty butt. I'm thought, yeah, I agree with that. So he definitely, they definitely, yeah, well, it's Catherine. Um. Hold on, give me a second. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I feel like Apollo Crews has the worst amongst all black people. Apollo Crews still in the company? Okay. Um, I forgot folks are still in the company. Glad really that man uh, He's going to be an AEW superstar soon. That's unfortunate. I'm, I'm just like I was just started to think of black people and their theme songs. G. I even looked up a. I think I I said Orlando Jordan, and because I heard his thing because I've been watching a lot of Royal Rumbles the past couple of weeks, and I heard him come out like at least three times in the mid two thousands, and I was just like, "Gee, this theme song is ass." You can't stop the man. No stop. You can't stop the man. No stop. Ain't no stopping me. Uh, uh, that's just, that's that joint. That joint swag. Yeah, Benjamin has really one of the best swag. black theme songs for any wrestler. Mark Henry, undisputed, has the best. Uh, nah, Ezekiel Jackson. Oh uh, yeah, I take that back. Hey, I'm capping about it. Uh, um, best. dreams. Velveteen Dream definitely has one of the best. The Rock, he's technically yeah. The Rock is technically black, so he's in the top three. He's definitely, I would say, he's top five. Top five. Um, racist as Crime Time was. They think song wasn't bad. Gee, the shit started with yo yo yo. I'm bringing the bringing. I'm bringing the hood to you. Bro, it started what with yo, yo, yo. A white man saying yo, yo, yo. I can't. <laughs> I just can't. We let Road Dog walk back on, baby. We can, we can let the, we can let the niggas cook, too. You're right. Yeah. And then you got to give our truth his credit, too, because he actually yeah. performs his, yeah. too. I almost but, lost 
credit when he used to come out with the Miz. Yeah, I would say when he when he when he was come out talking to talking to himself, that's one of the worst theme songs for a black wrestler. I would agree there. True. Yeah, but let's move on. Uh, but Keith Lee don't have the worst theme song for black among black wrestlers though. Like I I just don't see it. Um, it was a really fire uh three man match for the number one contender for the uh. For the cruiserweight belt between Tyler Breeze, Leo Rush, and Isaiah Scott. Isaiah Scott been missed for like a month, I feel like. But it was good to see him back. But that match slapped. You was going to feel five live. Oh, that's why. I don't watch 205. I'm not Byron. Um, so, uh, it'd be that way. Uh, but shout out to uh, Isaiah Swerve for winning that match. It, it slapped, though. So, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing him and Garza go at it. Um... Then what else did we get? Oh, then we got the women's uh battle royal. Uh I really enjoyed this match. It was really good, really entertaining. Um Shayna Baszler did not win. And that's something mm-hmm. to be excited about. Shayna Baszler did not win. So we gotta take our W's where we can get them. And then Shane I mean, then Bianca Belair won. So we gotta take those W's where we can get them. And appreciate him. Uh, also, R.I.P. Uh, the Rock's father, Rocky Johnson, as well. R.I.P. One of the first uh, black wrestlers to really be out here and do it. Uh, so, R.I.P. Prayers for the Rock and his family. I don't know how we forgot to mention that. Um, but yeah, NXT was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, wasn't Tony Storm in that uh, battle royal, or was I, or was I tweaking? Uh, no, because she fights what's her face for that title. Oh, yeah. There we go. Uh, also, you watched the uh, NXT UK pay per view. Your thoughts on it? <laughs> Nigga, I didn't watch that NXT UK pay per view. I thought you did. You said that. <laughs> that nigga, I saw the ending. Oh. Bro, I was in class that time. Yeah, I thought you watched it, but I didn't. But, um, shout out to them Imperium niggas. That's the only thing I remember. Um,. SmackDown, Kane came out. Shout out to Byron, you fucking shit up. Um, John Morrison fought Big E in his return match to the company. John Morrison really still looks really good. Uh, that nigga did that flip thing. <laughs> he did it off the top. Yep. It was beautiful. Yep. But really good match. Um, the Usos fought the Revival. Uh, the little thing they did before the match with the Usos and uh Roman talking in the backstage, the jackets that the Usos had on was really fire. And WWE was smart; they would be on a, a website expeditiously if they're not already on there. Uh, but yeah, the Usos fought the revival. Really good match. Usos won. Uh, Bailey fought Lacey Evans. I really like how they're putting over Lacey Evans here. Like Lacey Evans, for one. I would say she's been the most improved wrestler amongst men and women the past year. And uh, shout out to her just grinding because she was green as hell going st- like this time last year. Green as hell. But, uh, but yeah, she really stepped up. So shout out to Lacey Evans. Um, then 
uh, Braun Strowman beat the hell out of uh, Braun Strowman with the help of Elias beat the hell out of uh, Shinsuke in the gang. Um, you ready for Shinsuke to lose to Braun Strowman? Yeah, I can't turn for it. Yeah, uh, cool. As long as we all prepare for that, because I think it's just ready to happen. That Roman fought uh, Bobby Roode in a tables match where pretty much everybody on both factions got involved, which is nothing shocking here. Uh, Roman Reigns, which the winner of this match was to pick the stipulation for Reigns and Corbin's match at the Rumble, and it will be a false Count Anywhere match. Uh, I just need this rivalry to end expeditiously because it's just dragging at this point. And... I know people will probably say, well, Seth and Kevin Owens been going at it for, what, two months now? But I can at least say the storyline itself is well handled. It's just with the Baron Corbin and Roman thing, I feel like I've been watching the exact same thing almost every two weeks. Like, literally the same two things happen within a two-week span for the past, since Survivor, even before Survivor Series. I'm just over it. Please stop it, end it, so we can move on to better things for Roman Reigns. And also, does this mean that Roman is pulling double duty at the uh, Rumble? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, people gonna be mad when he uh gets his ass beat during the Falls Count Anywhere match and proceeds to uh win the Rumble. Be that way sometimes though. Hmm. Yep. But. Anyway, that's it for wrestling this week. Uh, did anything else really happen? Nope, that's really it. Uh, who do you think, before we just end, who do you think come out and um, and uh, beats Brock? I mean, and who do you think, let me say this, who do you think come out uh, Brock uh, and like comes out in number two? And who do you think's the one to throw Brock? Okay, so, and this helps that I've been watching a lot of Rumbles the past week uh, because it reminds me of the, it gave me, I've seen like three consistent formulas from the Rumbles I've seen in the past, what, 15 years. I think I've been watching every Rumble since 2005. Uh, Not every one, but I just picked a random Rumble since 2005 to watch. Uh. If there was any time there's a person who is a favorite to win comes out at number one, if that person, if if the person who comes out at number two isn't equal or is it equal or at least a little bit better than that person, that person is going to dominate until well into the 20s. So who comes out at number two is going to mean a lot on how long Brock is going to last, but or if in whether or not he's going to run roughshod until number eight or number eight or six, it depends. But if they're going to go the a let Brock entertain the people, uh, let Brock and num- whoever comes out number two entertain the people until number ten, uh, then I think number two will probably be Kane Velasquez since I think it was confirmed that he's going to be in the Rumble. Yeah. And if that's the case, then I can see cuz the thing what they've been doing with Drew McIntyre uh 
him being a random face is weird, especially with how his current look. It just is super weird. It just I can't take him serious as a face. But the angle that they've been with Drew McIntyre, if Brock is the one to if if he was to be the one to eliminate Brock, I wouldn't be mad, especially with what how they're going with current things with Drew. If they don't go the way with Kane Velasquez comes out number two, or at least no, within the top four, then Brock is going to run rough shot until number 10 or eight comes out. And then I can, it, I, whoever eliminates was going to be a raw guy. And I don't know if Kevin Owens is going to be in the rumble. Cause my theory is that Kevin Owens is going to be the one to take the belt off Brock. Because whoever eliminates him is probably going to take the belt off him. Whether it's going to be before or at Mania. Um, then it's either going to be Kevin Owens or Drew McIntyre to me. Or who eliminates him. That's just how I see it. Yep. Well, uh, number two. If whoever's number two is. If it's not Kane Velasquez, he's going to do what the hell he wants. <laughs> He's going to do whatever the hell he wants until probably a legit threat comes out around numbers between six and eight. And that this is just me watching Rumbles the past 15 years. So I could be wrong. They could do something fresh, but these are the that's the formula I've seen. So, but yeah, well, overall, I feel like this should be a very fun Rumble. Um, but who you? Who do you think is going to... Uh, who you got number two and who's eliminated, Brock? Our truth in number two. <laughs> everybody in the world eliminates Brock. That can always happen. Yeah. That's oh, probably what's going to happen. That's also, like, probably the safer thing to do is just everybody gang up on Brock. Like, I can definitely see that happening. Because I actually just watched that what rumble was that? I think it was the rumble that Sheamus won in 2011 where they ganged up on Big Show, came out number 30, and they just said, get this big fat motherfucker up out of here. So, still, so the funniest rumble I saw was Chris Benoit winning it because it was just hilarious. Everything about that rumble was just hilarious. Just hilarious. But, uh, but yeah, so... That's it for this week. Uh, we appreciate you guys for listening, of course. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Threes from the Ring, at Threes from the Ring. If you hear this part, hear the last part, and feel like, hey, uh, tell us who you think is going to eliminate Brock. Or you might even think Brock might win it all, which, God forbid, I hope he doesn't. But let us know which, how you feel about Brock going into the Rumble. If you think Keith Lee has the greatest black theme song for any black wrestler, let us know. Or if you think he has the worst, give us a legitimate reason why. But let us know. Give us feedback as you listen to us and all of that. Because, hey, we greatly let us, it lets us know you're listening, fully listening to us. But uh, much love and appreciation. Make sure you follow us on whatever platform that you're listening to us on. We're also on Google Play, on top of SoundCloud, on top of Spotify, and on top of Apple Podcasts. So whether you have an iPhone, an Android a Motorola uh, Razor, you go and listen to us at some capacity. So make sure you uh, uh, share, subscribe, all that good shit. Greatly appreciate it. But thanks for listening. Peace.